podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody. It's us. We're back. It's alive, birds. We're well underway on the new football season, and we've got lots to get our teeth into. Um, I'm delighted that my regular contributors, um, Amy, Kate, and Randy, are with me this evening to dissect all things Liverpool and maybe a few more besides. Um, good evening, ladies. Are we well? Yes, good evening. Good evening, or I should say good morning for you, to be fair, or good afternoon. <laughs> That's good, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> good evening from Norway. Good, e- good evening. Good evening to the Norway jury. Yes. Uh, right. So um, let's get straight stuck in then. So um, whether we like it or not, we were given a lunchtime kickoff following the international break away at Wolves. Um, we were all delighted to see Liverpool come through that with a 3-1 win. Randy, I'm going to start with you. Tell me your thoughts on the game and what you took from it. Oh, well, that was a lot of... Uh, I mean, it was a game of two halves, wasn't it? I mean, that's like a cliche, but this one actually was. I have almost never seen as that bad as the first half. And we were really lucky that Wolves was not like up two or three before the break, I thought. Um, it was a bit weird that I was surprised that Endo didn't start because he had a really good goal with Japan. And uh, Maka had a game with oxygen masks a couple of days ago. And he, I mean, not in, only did he look like he was jet lagged from here to hell, but the rest of the team as well. I mean, they all looked absolutely knackered and all over the place. So I was, I mean, that first half, I just want to forget about it. I mean, I think maybe except from Kwanzaa, who was really good, I thought, it was not our best yeah. day at the office. And uh, But then again, what happened second half? I mean, Klopp didn't used to be, or we didn't used to be a good team of changing quite early. But they, quite early, I can't remember the minutes, um, I thought Gakpo was going off, but he didn't. Maka was going off and Diaz came on and it was like, wow, suddenly we were turned on, we were geared up, we were aggressive and forward-leaning and, you know, the rest of it. So um, it was a lovely second half. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, so happy for Gakpo scoring just before he left because he hadn't really not done anything in the match, I thought. And then Salah with 
I noted down three assists, but of course, one of the goals was called an own goal. So uh, Elliot didn't get that and Salah didn't get the assist. But I mean, what happened when we started to score? I mean, Nunez, so dangerous, even though he didn't get on the score sheet today. But but maybe the top of the game was Robbo, wasn't it? When he scored, it looked like, I mean, just, you know, born again or something. He was brilliant in the match second half I think he I think maybe he was getting some of his frustrations out from the England game as well probably (laughs) but I mean Amy Kate you know we had um you know we as as Randy's mentioned we had Kwonsar playing at centre-back for the first time you know uh and, and you know a little bit of a baptism of fire for him um you know, there, there seems to be a, a, a definite thing about us and 12.30 kickoffs. Um, <laughs> either, either, whichever way you look at it, either the amount of 12.30 kickoffs we're given um, in comparison to pretty much every other team and yeah. also our general performance, um, you know, at those lunchtime kickoffs, which generally always seem to follow an international break. And I don't think yeah. you use this word, Randy, but I would use the term sluggish. Um, so, you know, uh, Randy sort of covered a lot of the points of the game, but I am interested in what you thought about Kwanzaa. And, and also, you know, f- for you, was the was the spark in the second half Diaz or, or was it something else? Um, well, everything that, that uh, Randy said, I absolutely, same kind of notes, um, you know, pretty much the same thing um Kwanzaa I mean what a, a great kid to you know he's really showing his worth and that you know he's really um coming into his own um I don't know a whole lot about him you know but I'm looking forward to seeing more of him um you know because he's you know coming up through the ranks which is great to see that 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 we are producing you know quality kids because it's it's not like it used to be um you know we haven't had anybody since Jones and um really come up um well that's actually not true because we've had uh it's a pathetic i can't say his name right the spanish kid that is an injury um he's been you know got injured he was also another great um asset but um yeah i think his his future's bright and i think that there's um you know hopefully we'll see a lot more of him um and second quote oh diaz um i definitely i mean how could you not think that i mean it was just a totally different half um i think that i would love to know or be a fly on the wall of what was said at the at the uh halftime talk it was a different team it was they came out um they were very sluggish and sloppy um when they you know started it was like we we tend to and i don't know what it is with the the uh lunchtime kickoffs you know 4 30 in the morning for me and being after a break (laughs) It's like that combination is just horrible for us, you know? Um, so it was great to see at the end that we turned it around because we played Wolves last year and it was like, I was like, oh, here we go again. We're about to just get yeah. pieces. And the way we were playing the first half, uh, I agree. It was at least, you know, two, three. It could have been two or three, at least two. Um, but, you know, they they turned it around. They 
they uh, got their heads out of their asses, if you like. I mean, we, we, by the same token, we could have scored just before half time. Possibly yeah. should have just before yeah. half time. Yeah. Um, even even after all of sort of you know Wolves pressure and and the fact that they you know they'd taken the lead early against us, you know we 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 had a really good chance to to draw level. Um, yeah. And I, I'm just I'm I'm glad we didn't live to regret missing that chance. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest. But the the other the other thing was I mean I I sort of read a bit about what you know Klopp said afterwards and and you know he basically said well I don't think we could have played any worse in the first half. Yeah, no, I mean I, I do appreciate the fact that I you agree. Tells it out it, how it is, you know. I mean it, it's true, but um, yeah, the but other they, they, yeah, they need to find a way to sort that out because yeah, there will. Be there will be teams better than Wolves that yeah. will not allow us back into the game if we mm. play that badly, um, you know, uh, at, the, at the start. And and the fact is, we know we will have more 12-30 games. The next one, um, well, I might have missed one, but we've definitely, the 12-30 game is the Merseyside derby. The next one that I no, can No, it learn. is the next one. Yeah, uh, they're all the games, you know. Um, there's... The, the next game is six o'clock for me. And then yeah. the following one is, I believe the following one is, is the Merseyside Derby, which I hate that they do that. But, you know, and, and but I also think I understand, you know, um, sooner they do the game, less people, less of the supporters are drunk. <laughs> I might not have anything to do with it, but, um, <laughs> you know, you never know. But, um, but isn't it amazing how we've had like 12 of those early games yeah. and the next on the list have had seven. So oh, why is it that we always get them? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, like, I mean, it can't be they're, they're just drawing out of a hat. Per, I mean, I know they don't really do that, but it's, it's a team. I, I, I would love to know how this, this comes about, but that mm-hmm. will never be because then they. <laughs> it's know. a TV pick. That's the thing. The 12.30 slot is what was BT Sport that's now TNT Sport. It is the TV pick. So, But can they just pick as they want to? Because then it becomes bias after a while, doesn't it? It looks a bit ridiculous. So they, they, they get X amount of picks per season. And I think every team has to feature at least once at home and and possibly once away because I can't I can't remember how many picks they've actually got but they 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 have to they have to rotate it you can't just pick you know City and Liverpool and Chelsea and what have you but the fact is that the the lead team so let's take Burnley just as an example so they could uh-huh. pick Burnley Liverpool for 12:30 because the home team is the team if you know oh gotcha Um, so Mm. and this this is part of the issue i uh, because i also think because we haven't played particularly well at 12 30 they go oh potential banana skin here let's let's pull another liverpool game in see if somebody else can turn them over um so i think you know that well i mean obviously the tv companies don't give a shit right they they and they know that they will get 
the biggest ratings if Liverpool are playing. So but this is a- not fair, though, is it? I mean, because it is a drawback to play them, and especially after you've done a, yeah, a, whatever, the cup, you know, yeah. travelling and everything. So I just think it's weird that it's allowed. But anyway, it's, it well, is I, what it is. I'll tell you what else I think is weird is allowed, that we keep having fucking Paul Tierney anywhere yeah. near games as either the referee or VAR all the time (laughs) it's just it's just madness and if we you know if we think about like what's happened over the you know over the sort of start of the season for us Mm. you know we we are not and have never been a dirty team and yet you know we've struggled to finish a game with 11 players you know over the start of the season um, mm. with with one at least um, completely blatant error which the independent panel then overturned so I find it yeah I'm, I'm struggling if I'm honest with the whole thing I mean we you know we already know that the competence of the cadre of referees we've got for the Premier League is really poor but but frankly you know, week on week, it just seems to get worse and worse. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They don't get better at all. And 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 they change things every season. So now this season, every team is playing in between six and 12 minutes over time after the match. Yeah. So like Tottenham today, I mean, that should have been a draw. But no, no. In the 12th minute, they get a goal. So they get a lead, you know. Madness. It's gonna and it's gonna carry on like this, um, at least for this season. And I don't, uh, I know that this is supposedly stop, you know, to stop teams time wasting, right? Well, (laughs) it's not. Did you see the Newcastle match? I mean, the last three minutes, there was all Newcastle standing down in the corner. (laughs) So it doesn't really help, does it? Well, and this is the thing. This is it's supposed to stop time wasting, but this is the thing. You get to the point where they go, okay, well, we've got nine minutes of injury time <laughs> or whatever. We'll just pass it amongst ourselves for six of those nine minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's hardly conducive to a to a spectacle of football, is it? Um, yeah. But you know, when when I look back on the when I look back on the game, so the. Um, the game against uh, it wasn't Villa because I wasn't there. Who did we play at home? Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah. Game when McAllister got sent off, and I'm still, you know, even though because I, I was, you know, I was at the game and I'm there and I'm, I'm going, oh, you know, well, yeah, it's a foul, maybe it's a yellow card, and the next yeah. thing, poor blokes walking, walking off the, walking <laughs> off the pitch, having been given a straight red. But That's most madness. Ridiculous, ridiculous challenge. Um, and then Virgil, I find, so Virgil is an interesting one for me because I have no issue that he he was late, right? So right. Caught the, he caught the player. But I come back to, right, if you're saying that that's um, – you know, that's in the area, you're supposed to not have double jeopardy, right? So so you then, mm. if, if it was like six six inches, you know, one way or the other, you go, okay, well, it's a yellow card. Um, 
and it's it's potentially a penalty. But because it's six inches under you go, it's a red card because he because he was the last defender, but he wasn't the last mm-hmm. defender. So I do, just it's just a nonsense as far as I can tell. Um, and the fact that all he said was it was a fucking joke. Uh, yeah, and that was true. <laughs> yeah, no, it, exactly. <laughs> and that got him. I that was going to haunt him, but <laughs> I don't blame him at the same time. I'm kind of like, you know, we're all thinking it. And I kind of <laughs> laughed because I was like, I'm not very good at lips, but I got that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no mistake in what he just said. But it's, uh-huh. it's like, what, what I don't understand, to be honest, and you know me, I'm an anti-American football thing person but like they their refs are are reviewed every year and they're held Mm. to a a a better standard um and they're penalized for you know making bad calls i mean they're just held accountable and Mm. and and it's like and i hate to like it it kills me that i have to say they're doing something better but (laughs) you know it's you know they did it in the world cup actually when that you could actually hear what the ref was saying because they were mic'd um, they do that in the NFL as well. Um, it's they just, do it in rugby. They do it in NFL. Like you say, yeah. they did it in the Women's World Cup. Um, yeah. They do it in other sports. You know, you can hear in netball, for example, that, you know, the referees are constantly saying, you know, contact or this or that or whether you know what they're blowing up for. Yeah. So I don't understand why, you know, football feels it can hold itself on this separate pedestal. And it's too, you know, to to, yeah. you know, to to deign us with a with an explanation, and we're with like the paying public. So I do I do find it incredibly incredibly frustrating because although it didn't work perfectly, it worked much better in the women's World Cup because you know there were a couple of times where they just said. Oh, following a review, it's a foul or something. You were like, well, well, we knew that. We wanted yeah. to know yeah. it was a foul. But in general, right, they were going, oh, yeah, you know, you know, followed BAR. There was a definite offside. There was a this, that and the other. And you knew you knew what was going on. Why is why is that so difficult? Um, and I and actually, I don't think that. You know, I, I think that maybe there was a view that, you know, Howard Webb going in and being the new, you know, PGMOL chair or whatever he is, um, would make a difference. He's he's always been a walking ego. So I'd, I, I, I think some of the stuff that we're seeing now is down to, to you know, the level of arrogance, not not feeling mm. the need to, you know, stand up and, and explain anything at all to us. Um, you know, as punters, so or, or to the club. So I don't. I'm not convinced it's a it's a move for the better, frankly. Um, not not on the early evidence that that we've seen anyway. Um, but, but Web itself doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I still I still remember him back in the day. You know the way. He was in uh, Fergie's pocket, per se, and just the way he would, you know, yeah, he, he wasn't that great of a ref. You know? <laughs> why, why is it, and maybe this is just an opinion, but why is it that the Premier League refs 
are the worst refs in the in in you know when like they they don't get called up for the World Cup. They generally are you know not called up because they're horrible. And it's like we're supposed to be the best league in the world. And also the fact that they brought in VAR to be able to uh, sort of uh, adjust uh, wrongdoings by the ref on the pitch. And then this, was it Howard Webb going out saying that? Well, I didn't want to give my mate the other ref. Uh, no. I didn't want him to go and look at the screen because that was embarrassing. What the fuck? So they're protecting themselves then. Yeah. So that, that means VAR doesn't work. Yeah. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. So that, that's, part of the, that's part of the issue because VAR, it, it's never been... VAR, it's about how it's operated by human beings. Yeah. And the person you're thinking of is uh, is Mike Reed. He was yeah. the one who said it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you know, it would have been it would have been a bit embarrassing. So no, I didn't Oh my god. You know, I didn't pull him up on it. It's it's shocking. Absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. And I and I find, you know, that the fact that they do they all cover each other's asses. And actually, you know, they're there, to, they're there to do a job. But actually what they're doing is, you know, they've set up a little, um, almost like a little Masonic lodge of their own. You know, if you're if you're a referee, there's no, you know, no need to worry because we've all got your back, regardless of how shit a performance you have or how catastrophic an error you make. Don't worry. We'll, you know, if we're on the VAR, we'll just we'll just back you up. How is how is that, you know, having integrity in the game and having integrity in the match official? An absolute fucking joke, frankly. Um, anyway. 100%. 100%. Anyway, <laughs> why, why did we end up talking about this? But in this match, actually, it wasn't that bad, was it? No. It didn't manage to ruin the game, at least. <laughs> No, I mean I know we we had Mike. I mean Michael Oliver is one of the few that I I've got any time for. To be honest, I was more concerned about Paul Tierney being the fucking VAR, <laughs> yes, rather than because because they're also taking the piss over that as well. You look at the numbers of the twelve thirty kickoffs and you look at the numbers of games that Paul Tierney has done for us <laughs> and pretty much any other team in the Premier League. It's that they're taking the piss. They know they know he's got a real issue with Klopp mm-hmm. and with us. And they keep giving they keep giving him our games. Yeah. And his family are all Man City season ticket holders. It's all well known, and yeah. and nobody thinks there's anything wrong with it. So. Maybe they think it makes good television. <laughs> well, 
clearly clearly does clearly yeah. does um I mean, one one of the things that we we talked about on the last pod is we were obviously in the middle of the transfer window. Oh, um, yeah. That's that's now closed, um, and thankfully the Saudi window is also closed. <laughs> um, Thank fuck. I know. I mean, I don't. You, know, I'm I'm kind of struggling to get my head around the the whole Saudi piece. You know, nobody's saying that they, you know, they haven't had football in Saudi Arabia for for a period of time, but you can't tell me it's a it's a particularly strong league. This is, I mean, this is kind of sports washing on an industrial scale now. You know, notwithstanding, you know, whether they bid 150 million or 200 million or 225 million for Mo Salah, that mm. it is it is a bit like the I guess the Chinese league we talked about it you know a few a few years back where but they they seem to be more players kind of going towards the end of their career whereas here you've mm. got people still in the prime of their career who are now going to Saudi Arabia and you know with the best will in the world don't you know don't say it's for regular football when they're paying you 700 grand a week. Mm-hmm. That may be a bonus, but frankly, it's for the money. And, you know, with the greatest respect in the world, Jordan Henderson was a great captain for us. Um, you know, did things in his own way. But that interview he did. Oh. <laughs> uh, why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly, I I don't know what he thought he was going to happen on the back of him having that interview, having that discussion. Mm. Because you know, if he if he truly, but you know, he sort of said, you know, he's got friends and family who are in the LBGTQIA community, and you know, and he he stands behind them, but he's gone to a regime where. <laughs> It is illegal to be gay, yeah. and you can be killed for it. So I don't, I don't know how he marries that too. Now I'm not saying he's put himself out to be a martyr, but if you stand there and make statements and take a stance and say you're, you know, you are representing something or you're supporting a community, you can't expect that community or people to genuinely question how you know how genuine and how authentic your support was if you then go and live and play and work in a country where there are no rights for gay people little or no rights for women um you know no human rights no employment rights I don't, I, I don't understand what he thought was going to happen when he gave that interview. I don't know. A- Amy Kate, th- explain to me what he thought was going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I can't even try. It's just, it's shocking to me. It's like, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that he claims that he wasn't wanted at Liverpool. I can't even get past that, let alone... The, the fact that he chooses to, you know, for whatever reason, he's, you know, headed up, you know, rainbow laces, 
because he was asked to, because he believed in it, whatever reason. I mean, I thought he believed in it. Um, I'm not going to say he doesn't because I don't know what's in his head, but he gave the impression that this was an important cause, supporting women, supporting um, you know women's rights, supporting um, the gay community, um, you know, being this person on and off the field that, you know, was a stand-up guy. And I'm not saying he's not a stand-up guy, but it's, it's, I can't help but question, you know, listening to people call him a, a, a virtual signaler. Is he, isn't he? I don't know. I'm not going to judge that, but I see where they're coming from. And how can you, you know, go and say, you know, all these things after the fact, it's just, he's not helping himself. And he's, he's really, you know, especially the hardcore people are, are really turning on him. And it's, it's, and he's done that to himself. He's, he's, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's sad because I feel like he's ruining the legacy, the beautiful legacy that he built. I feel like he's tarnished that. And I don't know if there's coming back from that. I mean, I think, I think he's clearly misjudged the mood. If I, if I in those terms, um, but, but Randy, you know, if, if I look at what Klopp said, right, because he was asked the question or he addressed it in one of his press conferences and he said, you know, Henderson's brilliant captain for us and, you know, we have honest conversations and we did want him to stay, but, you know, he probably wanted me to say, yes, and you'll be the main man and you'll be playing, you know, 30, 50 games a season. He said, and I was never going to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I needed to have the conversation with him about the what if. He said, so, you know, if that in his head turned in, they don't want me enough, you know, I kind of get it. And and I, and I understand what Klopp's saying as well. But, you know, every... Every player has a, you know, has a shelf life at a club. And uh, so the question I'm going to ask you, Randy, is, you know, was it, was, was, was what Henderson wanted to hear ever going to be said to him, you know, regardless of the, the club is playing. I mean, maybe at Saudi Arabia they did say, you know, you'll you'll play every game or whatever. I don't know, but you know, was it a realistic expectation for him to to hear those words from a manager to to pretty much guarantee that you're gonna you're gonna play all the time? No, <laughs> it's my very short and clear answer. No, he could never have expected that from Klopp from Liverpool at all and I mean what kind of legacy does he want what kind of a career does he want to look back on when he sits there in the I don't know five years time and he's done and over with he's earned enough money already before he went to Saudi Arabia yeah and if I think he should look at uh, Milner look and learn because what a guy He's played football for like 50 years. He's done so well. (laughs) Last year, his 49th year in Liverpool, he played 
once in a while and he did the dirty work and he did you know all the he did what he was told to do and on top of that he's been a brilliant um teacher uh you know um a a guy that has given so much to the young people in our team he's done so much and look at him today he's playing for brighton they beat, you know, respected teams like, well, not respected, Man United, 3-1 today. And Milner is a part of that. What the fuck does Hendo do? He is sulking yeah. all the way to the bank in Saudi Arabia because he feels that people didn't appreciate him enough. For fuck's sake, grow up. He looks like a kid. He looks like a childish, greedy, sulky kid. And I don't think that is something he wants to look like. But, but I mean, going back to that interview, what, what was at stake? He didn't even ask himself that question. What was his intention? I don't think he even knew. He just had to tell his side of the story. And his side of the story looks absolutely ridiculous now. He should have shut the fuck up. Sorry, yeah. but this is really, really no, getting right. to me because I think he's doing all the wrong things for himself, for his family, for his future. He could have had like three, four years in, in Britain playing brilliant football, earning enough money to survive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, he was hardly on the breadline, was he? <clears throat> no, yeah. I don't think so. I don't so, he, he's made enough money. He, not, I'm not saying retire, but if he had to have retired because of an yeah. injury or, or, or something, right? He would have still oh, lived yeah. a, an incredibly lush life. Like, there's no question that this, you know, people saying, and I get it, you know, the the the, you know, Arab world is going to see this completely different, and and I'm not trying to disrespect them because their world it's normal to them and it's okay to them. And they don't understand the grievances that, you know, the Western world has, they just don't see it. So I, I look at it and I'm just like, Oh, but it's all, it's not about money. I mean, or why should it be about money? Obviously it's about money, but isn't there a point that you have enough money? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. And not, you know, he, you know, if he, if he, if he took this, which sort of said, you know, this this will secure, you know, not only, you know, my my life, my children's life, my children's children's lives, all of my family's lives, yeah. all of my lives, whatever. I've my, my, got, my. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got no issue with that, right? If he, if, he, if he sort of said, yeah, you know, basically they get guaranteed that I pretty much played and it was a it was a life-changing amount of money that I didn't feel I could turn down and I knew that um you know as at Liverpool Football Club I would be you know on the on the downward cycle of my career and I wouldn't necessarily get to play as much as I wanted to right if it said that nobody would have had an issue with it right it's it's just self-serving, mealy-mouthed, fucking, I was really hurt by people yeah. thinking, I didn't think, oh. what did you think they were going to think? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. 
we don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. You, you, I, I don't know who was advising them, but whoever it was, they, they got the optics all, all wrong. Um, oh, absolutely. And, uh, well, and, and I mean, it's a lot of people not doing it. Like sweats, frankly. Yeah. Well, I can, I, the other thing that I can, you know, being a huge Stevie fan, and I'm not happy that he's gone to no. Saudi Arabia as well. Uh, but like, and I do remember somewhere in the very beginning, the reason he was interested was because Stevie came calling, you know. Um, yeah. I get that. I'm not even mad about that. No. It's, it's, it's say, the, say it was a chance to reunite with Gerard. Say it was, you know, I it was a it. life-changing offer. Say it was around, you know, being pretty much guaranteed football for the next couple of years, which are all important. i got no issue with any of that. Right? No. What I have an issue with is, is this, like I said, this self-serving claptrap about, Oh, you know, I was really hurt, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, fucking wake up and smell the coffee, mate. You, yeah. you knew this was going to happen. Don't, why are you acting so surprised? That That's the thing. It's just, it's just bollocks. You know, he knew exactly what he was doing and he just doesn't like the fallout of it. And, yeah. and I, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to denigrate what he did at Liverpool Football Club, right? He, he helped us lift every possible trophy over the last seven years. And that will be on the record books. And you can never take that away from him. But unfortunately, I think how he's reacted on the back of the decision he took to sign with Saudi Arabia is, has, has really reflected very badly on him, I think. I agree. I agree. I I'm guessing he did not anticipate the the fans to. I don't know why, but well, I've said he's a fool. Huh? I mean, in which case he's a fool. Well, true. One hundred percent. I mean, we could talk about briefly, like you know, back in the day when Gerard was considering Chelsea, and they really liked to throw it in our face. But at the end of the day, he thought about it. And said, I can't do this. And he didn't go. You know, it's not even the same circumstance because, you know, it it's wasn't not, his prime. You know, he's still coming into the peak of his career. And, you know, yeah. Henderson's 33 or what, whatever he is. Hmm. Um, so, so like I said. the end of his career, you know. Yeah, he is. And, and, that's, and that's fine as well. You know, to, to get, you know, he was offered a, what, a three, five-year contract, whatever he was offered, you know probably his own palace and a fleet of Maseratis and, 
you know, yes. in the, you know, in, yeah. in the courtyard or whatever. But it, it, it's 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 almost immaterial. It's the ultimately he it was a decision he made. He and his advisors made. Liverpool yeah. did try to push him out of the club. He had the conversation with Klopp. Klopp said, yeah, we want you to stay, but, you know, I can't guarantee that you're going to start every week. And that's and that's fine because that's a conversation a manager has to have with many players. Yeah. Um, Does he ever say that to any, that you're going to start every match? He, he can't do that. I, I don't, you know, I don't think he said it to... Well, I would be really surprised if he if he'd ever said that. Something, you know, there are some players that for periods of time we felt were completely undroppable, but ultimately nobody's undroppable. Um, right. You know, it depends on the circumstances and the setup and the opponent, mm. the form, and all of the, all of the rest of it. But so no, he wouldn't say that to anybody. So I guess I, I, that's what. Why did why did uh, so. What it leaves with as a question is, did Henderson think he was so much more special that he that he would get that said to him? That that's the bit I'd sort of keep chewing over. It sounds like he, you know, he he didn't feel that he was wanted. The club didn't say something to him that I don't think they would have ever said in the first place. That's the bit I'm. Yeah, it's funny. It's strange. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, I think. Anyway, he it has is gone. really strange because he doesn't come across as a cocky, arrogant, you no. know, like it, no. it, 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 it's that's what I think is so strange is this whole thing is that this doesn't this is not the Henderson. I mean, obviously, we don't really know him, but he's been around for a long time. He's been with us for 12 years. We've seen this kid grow into a man and accomplish everything and be such a leader and and, you know, defending everybody else and standing up for what was right. And then he does this. Yeah. You know, I, I, it just, I don't understand it. Well, it just feels yeah. like he, he tried to explain that he did something greedy and a bit um, uh, selfish. And that is out of his character. So then he tries to explain it by, well, they didn't want me thing. And that is ridiculous because the last, well, the first time maybe he was told that in our club, that was really told we don't want to. He said, well, I'm going to fight for that, you know. So yeah. now he's doing completely something else, and that's so weird. And yeah. I, I must say, I mean, a player like Ramos, I've never, ever liked the guy, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely hated him after what he did to Salah yeah. in the, oh, I hate the that Champions League as well. But he has done exactly the opposite. Again, yeah. a man full of money, of course, he, he doesn't need it. So he no. turned them down and went to his uh, boyhood club, you know, and yeah. plays for them now in, I don't know what division in Spain. And he's happy as fuck. And, and they love him. And his legacy is going to be completely opposite from yeah. Hendo. And it is a bit like you said uh, that, I mean, we all thought that Hendo was this lovely guy. And now this last impression is going to ruin something for me. I mean, I'm not going to take away from him all he's done, but but the sort of aftertaste is a bit weird. He yeah. a bit of a bad taste in the mouth in terms of how how his things edit because you know we talk about that and we say you know if if it's not about if it's not about money, he could have gone back to Sunderland. 
right? His yeah. boy club. Exactly. Grown up as a Mackham, um, you know, if it, and, and, I, and I dare say he probably would have, um, you know, he, he would have played more there than he, than he would have played, you know, it, certainly for us in the Premier League. Um, maybe he didn't want to play for another Premier League club after playing for Liverpool, kind of get that. Um, or, you know, the ones that came in for him, potentially he wasn't interested in going to. So, you know, there are different different decisions that he could have made. Look, none of us are perfect, right? We're all flawed human mm. beings. And in my, uh, you know, I won't, I won't say he's made a footballing mistake because ultimately that's his decision if he, if he wants a thing. But I think, I think he's made a mistake in terms of how he's gone about his move to Saudi Arabia and his attempt at justification for it. So I'm, I'm kind of with Randy. This is just, you know, keep your mouth shut. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're going to say, be, be honest about it. Right. And don't, don't be coming up with this. All oh, the club didn't want me or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, when, when actually that's very well, from what I understand, I mean, I, I won't watch the league. I don't want anything to do with it, but, I've read a few things that saying that, you know, um, you know, he hasn't played very well and Gerard's actually benched him. <laughs> and that just makes me laugh. Honestly, Amy Kate, I've got no idea because a bit like you, I've, I've not, you know, I'm not interested in watching that league. Um, mm. I, don't, I don't even know who's actually showing it even if I was interested. So I've, I've genuinely got no idea. I don't what either. Though I, I did definitely find out don't that, want to watch it. No, I don't either. But I did definitely find out that, and I don't know if it's this season, if it's already started or if it's next season, but Fox here is picking it up because um, there was a big announcement, which made me laugh because I can't stand um, Cristiano Ronaldo. And I know a lot of people <laughs> think he's this great guy, whatever, and, and what he does for his people, fine. But as a person, I think he's horrible. And I just, I, I can't stand the guy. But he, they made this big announcement that he was, um, you know, the, the Saudi League is coming to Fox in the United States, so you can get your fill of Ronaldo. And <laughs> I actually got, I made a comment on a, on a group that I'm in with the person that posted it because he was like oh I'm not watching this and a bunch of people said I'm not watching this and I joked and said I mean I was serious but I kind of was joking I was like oh no Fox I thought we finally got rid of Cristiano Ronaldo and this woman who apparently is this you know she's I think she's Portuguese descent not Portuguese as as in from Portugal but she totally attacked me and like it was it was pretty <laughs> funny um I won't even go on to what she said, but it was it was ridiculous. So I basically told her, I was like, wow, you you (laughs) you know, you you're putting way too much thought into this. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I'm I'm, you know, living rent free in your head because she was just attacking me because I didn't like Cristiano Ronaldo and she follows him from club to club to club. So she was United and then she was Real and then she was this. And it was like, I can't oh, no. relate. I can't relate to those. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just can't relate to following yeah. a player. Mm. A player rather than a club. Yeah. Rather than a team. Like, did I, I've always, you know, like for, for me, you know, Stevie's always been my guy. 
And of course I did support Galaxy. So for him coming, it was like the the silver lining for me. It wasn't like all of a sudden I became a, a Galaxy supporter, you know, and, and I've, you know, I still watch, I'm, I'm not really, you know, I'll, I'll watch some of the American players because I want to see, you know, my country, you know, but like, I didn't go watch Pulisic and cheer on Chelsea because Pulisic was playing <laughs> Chelsea at the time. I was like, I hope you do really bad at Chelsea, but I hope you do really good at the U.S. You know, I don't, I, I, exactly. I don't understand those people, but but maybe it's a Latin thing because a lot of um, Hispanics are very um, that I found, at least in the United States, they tend to follow players. And I just don't understand that. So. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but it's it is it is a it is a strange it is a strange one um what i was what i was going to say was though because i think we spent more than enough nine time now talking about henderson yes, um, yes. <laughs> and, um, Come on. so let's let's look forward shall we so we're in september now we've got a good good win against wolves under our belt after the international break we then um, we then start our Europa League campaign, so it will be a bit different for us Thursday, Sunday. <laughs> so you know we've got um, the away game at uh, Lask, I believe it's um, is is how you say it, and then we're at home to West Ham um, next weekend. So so, Randy, what what's your thoughts well actually i'll throw another one in as well and then i'll come to amy kate we've then got the carabao cup home game against leicester city the following wednesday i think it is the 27th mm-hmm. so um basically two two cup competitions and a and a league game squeezed in between that over the you know over the next over the coming week um what's what's your thoughts about that schedule randy uh, well, it is. Um, I tried to watch uh, West Ham City today until City was winning, of course, and I stopped watching them <laughs> because I think West Ham is quite good this season and they have a good team. So I, I believe that both uh, West Ham and Tottenham should be difficult for us. But winnable, of course, as long as we sort of gear up a bit like second half today. If we play second half today, we can beat both West Ham and Tottenham and definitely Leicester. They should be beaten. But I think these are quite difficult games. And then last, Lusk, <laughs> I don't know how you say that. Lask, I'm not Lask sure. or Lusk. But uh, it is exciting, I think, with our draw in the Europa League because they are all new teams to me. I don't watch them regularly, (laughs) none of them. So uh, I think they are going to be good to watch and fun for the players as well. And hopefully, uh, if we can use uh, some more of our squad and, and maybe some players are uh, rested and stuff, that we can get some good experience for young people and also hopefully some uh, wins so that we can have some, you know, good feelings going into the Premier League uh, matches, I think. Mm. I mean, Amy, Amy Kate, did you see the um, announcement of the club about our 
Euro- Europa League squad. Actually, that- I'll be honest. I I glanced over it quickly. I hadn't, but I did notice that Elliot was left out. Yeah. And I was. Is he though? Fused. Yeah. So that so there were a couple of um, there were a couple of uh, uh, players that I I thought would be in there that that aren't in there actually. Um, and I was looking at um, I was sort of looking at it earlier on just to just to say that uh, well not to say but the um, but just to just to sort of think about okay well that's a that's an interesting um, you know that's a that's an interesting kind of stance that we've taken. Um, it's um, because it's a you know I I don't really think about it and obviously because we've been in the Champions League for so many so many years um, on you know on the bounce it's one of those things where you just go oh yeah well we'll put our you know we'll put our squad in and you know and it'll all be fine um, but actually they've they've made some interesting. Um, and I'm just trying to find the um, I'm just trying to find the list actually to oh, that's the Premier League squad. Um, well, let's have a look at this. Right, you might have to talk amongst yourselves. But, but can I just I ask, isn't it isn't it like some of the young players can go yeah. in in the under twenty one? squad so they don't have to be listed yes so that did have, happen they have been so uh so yes yeah, sorry i've just managed to bring it up so um so the first one watch which is maybe isn't that much of a surprise so if you look at the goalkeepers we've obviously got allison we've mm-hmm. got Ravine kelleher and then we've got um uh i think he's hungarian so yeah so please forgive me this Vitislav Yaros. Yeah. I think. Sure. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> so I guess the first one was like that, Yeah. So the first one was that there's no Adrian in the Europa mm-hmm. League squad. Then if I look at the um if I look at the defenders, so we've got everybody I think you would expect in there, Gomez, Van Dyke, Canate, Simicast, Robertson, Matip, Alexander Arnold. So there's no Kwanzaa in there. But midfielders, we've got Endo, Thiago, Slobazai, McAllister, Curtis Jones, Gravenberg, and Bobby Clark. So I just thought that was I thought that was quite interesting actually that Bobby Clark has been added in mm-hmm. and then our forwards are Diaz, Nunes, Salah, Gakpo, Jota and Ben Doak. Yeah, Doak is there. Yes. Yeah. But so there's no um there's no Bacetic, which I think was the guy you were talking about earlier. Yeah, so, yes. Yes. And, and yeah, but isn't no, he isn't no he uh, qualified uh, through being a young player anyway? Um, possibly. It said that Batatich and Harvey Elliott will feature on the B list. Yeah. As well as any other players who were born 
on or after January the 1st, 2002, and spent oh. two years at the club. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... What is the B-list? I don't that, know. Okay. I've never heard that term before. Um, no, I, I think that is what I'm talking about. That is because of their age and how long they've been at the club, and because they've been either through okay. the system or the age. They can be in but not being listed. Right. So, oh. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like, I mean, I don't want to, the same thing with the homegrown player. You have to be 21 and with the club, you know, a certain, I think you have to be from 16 on and you had to be there at least three years. But if you were under 21, you're automatically a part of the squad if they pull you up, but you're not listed as a homegrown mm-hmm. player. And I know it's totally a different rule and everything, but I think it's the similarity with, um, with the age as part of what you qualify as or being listed. It's not that he can't, neither of those players can be called up and played. It's just, they don't need to be listed as such because of their mm-hmm. age. And, and Bajadij is only 18 or 19, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's young. And, and so it'd be de- good to see him, I think. Yeah, it would. So the definition of a homegrown player, right, is a player mm-hmm. identified as a player who, irrespective of nationality or age, has been registered with any club um, affiliated to the Football Association or the Football Association of Wales for a period, continuous or not, of three entire seasons or 36 months before their 21st birthday or the end of the season during which they turn 21. And then it says, meanwhile, under 21 players, those born on and after January the 1st, 2002, do not count towards a 25-man squad limit and clubs can field as many under-21 players as they wish. Mm. So mm. our squad list um, is... So this is for the Premier League. So mm. we've got Thiago, Trent, Becker, Alison Becker, Luis Diaz, Wataro Endo, Gakpo, Paul Glatzel, um, who is a uh, homegrown player. Joe Gomez, Curtis Jones, Quivine, Kelleher, Canate, McAllister, Matip, Nunes, Robertson, Salah, Adrian, Dominic Slobazai, Vitislav, Jaros, Jota, Simikas, Virgil van Dijk. So that's basically it. Hmm. So that so those those are the two squads. What the first one was for the Europa League and the second one was for the Premier League for the first half of the season. So um so we have we have those we've got those games and um yep. we also obviously have um the the other the other piece of the, the jigsaw if you like is because um, we, we sort of mentioned it mentioned it a little bit but is the um the LFC women moving back into Melwood Yes, which was it was it was lovely to see. Well, it's lovely to see us get Melwood back. Yes, um, to be honest, and then and then to see them kind of all welcomed in and you know sort of like a, you know like a, a, a not a, quite a guard of honour, but you know what I mean. They're yeah. being wrapped into their their new permanent home, which is a which is a great thing to see as well. But there's there's quite a lot going on with the um, with the LFC women, isn't there, Amy Kate? 
Yeah, there is. Um, so it was it was really good to see how good Melwood looked too. Seeing all the videos and stuff that they've really, um, it, it looks like Melwood. It looks good. The fields look good. The players look really happy. Um, so that's really cool to see. And I, and they put, it looks like they put a lot of effort into it, you know, mm. um, because I'm always complaining about, you know, what about the women? What about the women? Um, one of the things that I don't know if anybody knows, but they did the, because they, they didn't, they no longer, um, were at the, the, the place that they were doing it, you know, having their training in, in, um, it was the, uh, Tramir's training ground. I forgot the name of it, but, um, for the last five weeks, they've actually been at, um, at the, at the, uh, training ground at Kirby. And again, I question. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked, and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial, and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. What do you mean there wasn't room for them? But I kind of want to forget about that now that we have Melwood back. And even though that wasn't the plan, it all worked out and I'm happy, you know, um, because it looks really cool and it's nice to see, you know, it's back in Liverpool's hands. Um, The interesting thing is that there's quite a few injuries already. Um, So it's not a great start. You know, our captain, Neef, is got a calf injury. Um, there's a new young girl, um, Mia Enderly or Enderby. She's got a shoulder injury. They picked it up at the friendly against city on Wednesday. Um, Shanice is still out with foot pain. We've got, um, we've got finally have Leanne, the, the Irish girl, um, that got injured last season. She's finally coming back. She started running this week and, um, Melissa Lolly, which is our, one of our, um, keeper she um she had hip surgery and um she's ahead of schedule they're they're already seeing improvement and um so she's way ahead of schedule so that's good to see um another really cool thing is Expedia has um done another year with uh providing free rides to all away um games to for the women um the uh well the the WSL games not not the other like um games that they have but um they're providing transport to all way games they had one coach last year they're bringing a second coach because they're really starting to have um people support the women and that's really awesome um 
we've got our first game of the season is October 15th and it's against Arsenal and they're actually going to be playing at the Emirates. They've already sold 40,000 tickets. Um, so it's cool to see wow. they're going to play. And then we have our Derby, um, the Merseyside Derby's uh, the 15th of October. Last year we had, or not last year, because it was at Ever- uh, Everton. Um, the year before there was 27,000. Um, so, you know, that it's, Hopefully we'll we'll sell even more. Um, we also have players coming and going. Um, we've lost our American, so I'm kind of sad about that. But we've got a newer Norwegian player, and they've they've definitely um, brought in um, quite a few players over the summer. Um, Mia's one of them. She's a local girl. I think well, not local in in Liverpool, but not too far away. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff that's going on with with the women and seeing, you know, um, their inclusion and, and they're being talked about and they're doing a lot more, you know, with them. And, and that's really, really awesome to see. So it is, um, on the injury front, Amy Kate, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's been quite a lot of discussion, hasn't there about injuries in the women's game and ACLs and and one thing and another Um, Mm -hmm. and the fact that there aren't sort of you know custom made boots for women Um, there there is now one it came out right before World Cup Um, it was and not a big fan of Nike but Nike spent two years um, and they got several players um, a couple American players and and um, a few other players. I think there was five players that they they were working with. It was they're working with the women because their their body, their build is completely different. The way they plant their feet, yeah. the way they play football is is different. Um, I actually wrote a piece on the Redway about it. Um, right back in I think, um, early June, um, talking about that exact thing. It's why are women more prone to injury? And I mean, I was never never anywhere near that kind of level, but I played, um, well into my thirties and I tore both my ACLs, you know, and it was, it's such a common thing and it, it, it has to do with that. But Nike came out with a very expensive 275 pound, um, boot. Uh, but it was called the, the, the phantom lunar. And, um, and I was actually surprised cause I thought there was gonna be a lot more talk during the world cup. But I think it's just with everything else with the World Cup that I just didn't, you know, hear a lot about it. Um, I don't know how many players are playing in it, um, but at least there's a start that they're really starting to focus on building things, yeah. you know, and realizing that, you know, we, we know that women's football, and men's football is different. And they're, and they're constantly reminding us, well, if that's the case, then that means our bodies are different as well. You know, so um, it's a positive step anyway. Good. Um, and and that's what I'm saying is that it doesn't sound like the injuries we've got are are related to some of the ACL problems we've heard, but it's still like you say it's not a great start in terms of having that many injuries on the on the books as we as we sort of go into beginning the um you know beginning the season. Yeah, and it's a much shorter season as well because there's only twelve teams. Yes, exactly um it's a bit it's a little bit like the um the scottish premier league isn't it you end up yeah. playing everybody 
you know, three times or whatever it is. So, but it, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of picking up and going from strength to strength. So, you know, more power to the women's game and long may it, long may it grow. Um, the bit that I, I guess I wanted to say, and we didn't because, well, I can't, do you know what? I can't remember if we talked about it um, when we did our last pod. Um, so listeners, forgive me if, if we have covered this, but I only because the fallout is still going. Did we talk about Rubiales? And the- we couldn't have because it, the world, I, if I remember correctly, we did it and the World Cup was just about to start and we were kind of giving our predictions. That's true. That's very true. Thank you for reminding me, Amy Kate. So we did give yeah. predictions. Um, I don't think, I don't think any of them came true, did they, actually? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I mean, what's really amazing is, you know, obviously they went from um, 16 teams to 32 teams, but they had eight uh, new teams, and one of them won. It's, I mean, Spain, it's just, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was the teams that you thought were going to dominate didn't. I mm-hmm. was really frustrated with in the beginning with with you know the whole um us against the world because i felt like that was just already a a a campaign for disaster and you know going out at the at the you know round of 16 didn't i mean if it wasn't the us you'd think well done um you know um they it was almost like they didn't even show up until or play the game that we know they can play until it was too late and you know credit where credit's due um you know it was like the team that we were playing it was i think that was um was it sweden if i remember correctly i mean their keeper had 11 saves against the united states you know i mean it wasn't yeah they did and and it was like did did the u.s and they ended up you know ended up being um you know, I think it was like a millimeter over um, that it went into the goal and they ended up winning. Did the U.S. deserve the way they were playing, in my opinion, to go through? No. But that game, I think it was anybody's game. And either yeah. team could have gone through. I would have been happy. Obviously, I would have been more happy if it was the U.S. But it was what it was. And it shows that the U.S. needs to do some changes because we can't sit and be complacent and be like, yeah, we're the best in the world. Well, we're now number three. I know those numbers mean nothing. But, no. you know, and it's shocking that that, um, you know, um, I don't think I think Spain's number two or something. And it's like, but they just won the World Cup. So I don't understand how the ranking goes in the first place. But what it showed, I mean, just taking, you know, my country out of it. I mean, what an amazing, amazing World Cup. And and it was a great uh, tournament. It was. And, and, and it bit- was just. No, I was just going to say the bit that I'm really, really frustrated about is so for the last three and a half weeks, all we've been talking about is the stupidity of the man at the head of the Spanish Bay and the, the, you know, the fact that, you know, he, he potentially, you know, you know, kiss somebody without consent. She would never have done if it was the men men's World Cup, right? And right. the and the second thing is that 
the achievement of the Spanish team and what we should have been talking about for the last month has been completely and utterly overshadowed by the actions of that man in particular. But the, mm-hmm. the but then to double down on it, to to stand up and go, I'm not going to resign, I'm not going to play. Have all have all of the national coaches sitting there fucking applauding him, and then going, oh, this might not play very well. Oh, I'm yeah. going to for for everybody to forgive me because I didn't know what I was doing when I was applauding him. It's 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 farcical, and I feel so sorry for the the Spanish women's team to not be able to have had their proper moment in the sun because who Absolutely. knows if you ever win an FA. A, FA Cup, a world <laughs> again, right? And 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 this and this is what's happening. We're now, and I know I've brought it up, but even now we're still talking about the men because of how fucked up this is. Yeah, well, it. it I mean, it, it gets even <laughs> crazier. There was, you know, they were trying to say they were going to pull. You know, at first they were going to support her. The the you know, Spain was going to support her. Then they were against her. Yeah. Saying, you know, that she's lying. It was her and, fault. And, like. and, and yeah. then, then they're back behind her. You know, the women, you know, then they, um, at least all the, you know, people are, and there, there were Spanish men players that were saying that they weren't going to play either. So I really respect that. There were a few. Yeah, they were striking, I mean, not lot, weren't they? But, but I mean, yeah. it, it, was, it was, you know, speaking out. And then there was also, um, you know, this is what I found very bizarre, and maybe this is a cultural thing again. But his mother was oh starving herself God. and wasn't going to eat because of you know, what they were doing to her, her poor son. It was like, do you realize what you're like? That was that to me was just that absolutely was crazy. Why satire at that point? Yeah, mother yes. gone on hunger strike and put herself in a cage. I mean, what is going on? I mean, I I just, I was shocked that, that this was, that this was even happening. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, um, and again, it was taking away from this wonderful, beautiful moment that these women, you know, only a few years ago had to work full-time jobs on top of this because they weren't even paid enough as professionals no. well for one thing you can say that at least i mean i'm i'm following behind you on the matter that we actually talk about him and this now instead of them winning but on the other side look what's happened it's been sort of whirled up everything all about the culture we're looking back now and seeing what what these girls had to keep up with Mm-hmm. How this culture up up till yeah. now has been absolutely horrendous. I yeah. mean, it's so it, it's like uh, Me Too never happened there at all. Yeah. It's like this is all new to them. So I mean, at least what is happening now? Then it's like we are getting to the bottom of it. We're looking at it. They are striking. They've just had this meeting where they confirmed that they were actually going to be paid at all and stuff like that so they got contracts and uh, apparently i mean hopefully it will now all come to the surface and they will actually sit down and talk about it and i think they got a long way to go 
culturally and, you know, uh, to respect the women and for, for them to be respected and feel like they mean something. But at least this is happening now then. 100%. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, definitely a step in the, in the right direction. Um, and and so you're right. When we did the last pod, we were sort of saying, well, because at that point, every single of our national teams were still in it. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> Kim was on the call as well. So um, uh, what what I would say is um, I want to take this opportunity to say congratulations to the Spain women for winning the FIFA Women's World Cup. They, oh, 100%. Here, here. Fantastic yeah. job. It was, you know, England were also actually great in that tournament. Oh, um, absolutely. They need an acknowledgement as well. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, the other thing that just kind of popped into my mind that I kind of want to um, talk about, again, Nike, um, the, what an amazing thing that the, because it started with the English women um, or the, the English fans that, that were very upset because we've never, you know, Nike's been the U.S. and England's, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the sponsor, the shirt sponsor for quite for yeah. years. And nobody ever, even when Hope Solo was Hope Solo at her best, not when she got all crazy. I don't <laughs> remember the complaints that you couldn't buy her shirt. Right. Yeah. Um, or at least not the voices weren't there, but they went to you know, the England fans went to so many lengths that to complain about not having Mary um, Earp's shirt available and that mm. girls fans, but mainly girls couldn't wear her shirt because Nike did not put out um, women, women um, keepers. Wow. There was no goalie shirts. So um, they, it's a little, little late, you know, a little too little too late, but, they're doing it, they say, in small production, but they're going to do the Netherlands, the United States, um, England, and I forgot who the fourth one is, but it's obviously whoever the other one, other country that they um, sponsor. Maybe it's Spain. Who knows? I don't remember now. But, um, but the point is that, that it's, you know, the voices are being heard and the women are being yes. acknowledged, mm. you know, even though it's, it's, again, too little too late. But it's happening. And I mean, God, I mean, what what Mary did for England was amazing. I mean, she was such an incredible um, keeper and and should be talked about and should be congratulated and should be, you know, people should be able to wear her shirt. Mm-hmm. So absolutely and people would buy it. You know, it's just it's it's shocking. That it wasn't it's, considered. it's not often that Nike misses a marketing opportunity. No, exactly. (laughs) But but yeah, I mean, it it was well done to the people because, you know, they got Nike to change. Yeah, absolutely. So we are coming to the end of this pod. There's another little bumper edition. Um, So I shall just ask if um, there's any other any other business either uh, you would like to raise Amy Kate since you were just finishing off on that on the Mary Ertz piece is there anything else you want to raise quickly no I think I've said enough <laughs> I've <laughs> my soapbox long enough <laughs> <laughs> Randy anything you want to raise or promote or 
highlight? Yeah, I just want to say that I'm really happy that Klopp looks and seems happy again. Yeah, uh, because I, I sort of feel for him, and and last year was last season was bad. So this season he and he says it as, as well. I mean, he says he loves the team. He says it's not year eight; it's year zero, and let's go again. And he absolutely looks like he means it, and he's light again, and and that's so nice. It's <laughs> lovely. It is lovely, and all. But but to be fair, he's. He is happy, but but unless he gets a question from James Pierce. I know. What the fuck is that? What is going on? What has James Pierce done to him? Oh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think he 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 he's asked stupid questions more often than not, and I think I think Klopp's run out of patience with him. So. But yes, well, I think he's also really, leaked some things he should have But it have is funny, back. though, because, I mean, he could, could I mean, like last uh, press conference, he was so light and so happy and so good the whole time. And then one question, quite normal one, I would say, from Piers, and he goes, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, dear. That was falling out of favour. <laughs> if, if he has been leaking stuff, he shouldn't have been leaked, then he can yeah. expect no less than the treatment he's getting so you know well i don't know for sure that's what i had um heard and it was a while ago was it because you don't see him he doesn't tend to have the same it was back when you know the whole what i was had read a while ago was it was back when he was the one that leaked van dyke before van dyke was supposed to come and we got this big upset because we talked to van dyke so that I mean, long that ago. ago, he must he have, should have forgotten about that by now. Well, there uh, might have been uh, other things, but I think that's when it started. The changes started, and <laughs> with him, that's a, that's a pretty big fuck up. It meant we we yeah. had to wait another six months. Yeah, yeah. Player we wanted. So if if you know if that is true, then then yeah, I would imagine Klopp Klopp doesn't forgive or forget stuff no. like that. <laughs> yeah. So I anyway, mean, but. It's a good call, though, to to say he does he does look fresh and happy and re-energized and um, like you said, you know, this is year one of the new team, so you know he the also, last seven years we had were pretty damn good, so you know maybe maybe uh, there's more of the same to come. Yeah. He also mentioned that somewhere in an interview, and I don't know where the interview is from. I apologize because I wasn't expecting to talk about it. Um, he said something about being asked about the the Germany team and he said that he's not he's committed to Liverpool and he's not ready for any of that it'd be a great job at some point but not something he wants to do now I'm paraphrasing yeah. not exactly what he said but um it was great to hear anyway because I think someday he will probably do that but yeah like you know this is but, you know 15 years from now yeah, yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> I, I I hope to see sign another contract you know and and I, I expect him to be you know as long as he still the can get out of players what he's you know what he always does and, and it shows look at happened the second half today so as long as he's still performing in that and he I think he wouldn't stay if he didn't think that he could yeah you know uh, he wouldn't I, be a banger and just hold on for dear life for so long no, no he doesn't he doesn't need to um yeah. He and he wouldn't. So no, I I think and I think that's um, you know Klopp 
clock for life is a is a good is a good place to win. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you both so much for uh, joining me for this latest edition of Pod. Um, thank you, listeners, for uh, sticking with us. Like I said, it's a slightly longer one this time, <laughs> um, but we we did we did have at least a twenty minute rant about Jordan Henderson. So enjoy <laughs> that when you, when you play this pod back, um, and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks again. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index, and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.